Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Thank you for joining us on Easy's Community Focus today while we look at the issues that matter in South Florida and the people and organizations that are making a difference. There is a very big initiative for Boys and Girls Clubs of Broward County underway to help support all of the work that they do to help kids in our community and to help raise them up and become really model citizens. Like so many nonprofits, they have been affected by COVID-19. One of the organizations that is joining in to help us is Florida Power and Light Company, and I'm very happy to welcome Juliet Rolak, Director of Corporate External Affairs for FPL. How are you? Ellen, I couldn't be better. We have so many exciting things to talk about with what we're doing with Boys and Girls Clubs of Broward. You and I have spoken on any number of occasions about the different things you are involved in. You were honored by Girl Scouts of Southeast Florida at their Lead the Way luncheon. You were on the advisory board that was handling the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas Recovery Fund. Of course, we talk to you every year about hurricane season and what FPL is doing to help us prepare and help us recover in the event that there is a hurricane. And we are going to talk about that a couple of weeks down the road. But right now we are seriously focused on the philanthropy that FPL does. And I don't know if people are aware of just how much you do in the community. Can you tell us about why it's important and what you do? Absolutely. So why is it important? Well, you know, FPL serves more than 5 million customers across the state. And in Broward, a significant number of those customers reside here. So in all our communities, we think it's so important to support them. You know, that's where our employees live and that's where our customers all live. So it's so important to give back and be a part of the community. You know, I'm proud to say that we've actually, in Broward alone, during the COVID pandemic, have given more than $200,000 to support our communities across Broward. And um, the Boys and Girls Club is certainly one of those organizations. And I'm excited to announce that we'll be giving $47,500 to the Boys and Girls Club of Broward County. If you could see how big the smile is on my face right now. Like that's just I mean, the whole Shape Futures Give Now initiative that's underway is we're asking listeners to donate a hundred thousand dollars. That's the target. And what companies like you are doing are matching their dollars dollar for dollar. So for every dollar up to forty seven thousand five hundred dollars that our listeners donate, you're gonna match that. I have a feeling we're gonna hit two hundred thousand. I We are hoping for that, too. We are hoping for that, too. You know, we talked about what we did during COVID, and I have to say it's something I'm particularly proud of the company for doing. You know, we certainly all year long uh, look at how we can support different nonprofits, initiatives and programs in our community. But when COVID hit, when the pandemic hit and we realized 
that people were losing jobs, that the economy was going to be so impacted and so many people who were already living paycheck to paycheck would be suffering with food insecurity, financial concerns, and we couldn't we couldn't sit by and not do something about it. So our initial effort actually was to provide funding to food banks all throughout the county. I think there were 11 or 12 in total to make sure that that those food banks had enough money to provide the food to those who needed it. You know, it was one of those moments that I was really proudest to be an FPLer. And that's one of the things where Boys and Girls Clubs of Broward County was really able to step up. Normally, when they can be open every day, and they are starting to reopen tomorrow, which is really exciting, but during this period where they couldn't be open, instead of that one hot meal a day that they guarantee all the club kids, they had grab-and-go meals available so people could just drive up or walk up, everything done socially distanced and wearing masks and making sure that everything was safe, but so that none of the kids had to go without that meal that they are guaranteed. And they, through the help of their donors and supporters and board members, were able to continue doing that. But like so many nonprofits, they took hits because a lot of their major events were canceled. So that's a big part of the reason we are doing this initiative to raise the $100,000. They have not let any of their staff members go, and they don't want to have to get to that point, and we want to help them do that. And now with the reopening, once again, kids will have a place to go every day during the summer when school resumes, every day after school. They get homework help. They get nutrition guidance. They get vocational training. They can use computers that they may not have access to at home. And of course, that hot meal every day. And they're taught self-esteem and citizenship. And those are such important values for kids to grow up to become successful adults. I can see you're as big a fan of Boys and Girls Club as I am. Now, I have been, I just wanted to make the comment that I have participated in a number of the programs that they do. And I don't think people realize that the hot meals that are served at the end of the day are often the only meals that many of the children who are members who live in underserved communities have. Right. Right. So uh, when I learned that, it really, really touched my heart. And as you said, you know, they were so much a part of providing food during this pandemic. So they're a perfect partner and a perfect organization to support. We're just so excited. So I wanted to comment, and I love this. FPL actually focused on Boys and Girls Clubs for its second round of COVID donations. And so FPL will be contributing $250,000 in total to local Boys and Girls Clubs in our 19 counties that we serve. Oh, my goodness. That is just stunningly beautiful, I would say. (laughs) What are some of the core values that you look for? I mean, you've supported, you know, over a thousand nonprofits in any given year. What are some of the core values that you look for in an organization when you're choosing who to support? You know, it's actually very much in alignment with FPL's core values, which are to do the right thing, treat people with respect, and to operate with excellence. And so those are some of the very same values that we look for in partner organizations. I love we, those. 
it's certainly so important to um, see that those organizations remain accountable and are really helping communities that need the help most. You know, minority and disadvantaged communities are certainly, you know, important for us. Education in areas of STEM, which provide such a foundation for future jobs. You know, we're really looking to lift children up, you know, and people up, give everyone a, a hand up to make sure that they can be the best they can be and contributing members of our community. Yeah, and Boys and Girls Clubs of Broward County is such a, a shining example of that. The positive attitudes they have and, and some of the famous people who were club kids, uh, Shaquille O'Neal, Jennifer Lopez, Denzel Washington, Martin Sheen, you know, you go on and on and, and you can see how they've really set them on a path toward success. And the kids undoubtedly turn around and end up giving back to the community. Some of them come back as employees, counselors, advisors to the kids. Some of them turn around and end up creating their own clubs or teen centers and being supporters as FP&L is. I'm curious how, in addition to donating money, the entire environment at FPL is geared toward philanthropy. You have employees who donate money. They donate their time in volunteer hours, an enormous amount of volunteer hours. How do you reflect that within the company? So yes, you're right. Every year we run a week-long volunteer program called Power to Care. And during that time, All our employees are encouraged to go out into our respective communities and volunteer. So we organize and find partners in our community during that week. And uh, you see us all out there in our bright green T-shirts that we uh, commonly wear, working in so many different areas, whether it's beautifying uh, the front of a nursing home or painting a school building. It really runs the gamut, but it's all about giving back to our community. And it's something our employees very much look forward to participating in. I think we've done it for about 10 years now. It's incredibly rewarding. And I'm going to take a guess that when they come back from those days, they probably work harder and are more committed than ever because they've been given the time to give back. And when you see the faces of people that you've been able to help, you can't help but feel something yourself. It's funny you say that because we have seen that many of our employees are so inspired that they, on their own accord, have followed up with those organizations, have moved on to serve on boards of those organizations, you know, also done subsequent volunteer projects on their own. So it is remarkable. And the beauty and power of volunteering is just something that everyone should experience. I totally agree. And the fact that FPL gives their employees a day to go do that on a regular basis, I wonder if that has anything to do with why your employees stay with you like forever. Yes, that is something we're very known for. I've been with the company 20 years, so I'm entering my 21st. Congratulations. Well, (laughs) I'm just, I'm so excited that we're partnering together to support Boys and Girls Clubs of Broward County. And I want to reiterate to our listeners that from now through July 3rd, during the 
Shape Futures Give Now initiative for Boys and Girls Clubs of Broward County. Every dollar that you donate, we're aiming for 100000 will be matched dollar for dollar by Florida Power and Light up to $47,500. Just an incredible gift from FPL and Juliet. You're such an outstanding representative for them. I thank you for what you're doing. Is there anything you'd like to say to the listeners to urge them to give them an additional reason to donate to Boys and Girls Clubs of Broward County? Absolutely. I wanted to say that I am really inviting you all to support the Boys and Girls Clubs of Broward County reach their goal of raising $100,000 to consider serving our young people. Donate to Shape Futures. Give now and FPL will match your donation dollar for dollar up to the 47500 that we've contributed. I am really proud to be a supporter of Boys and Girls Club of Broward County and the work they do for young people in our community. Please help us support them. When you donate to Shape Futures, give now. FPL will match your donation dollar for dollar up to $47,500. Thank you. Let's do this. Amen. We're on it. The website to find the link directly to the donation page, just go to our website, easy93.com. Or if you want to go directly, it's bgcbc.org slash CMG Give Now for Cox Media Group Give Now. And I recommend going to their website anyway, bgcbc.org, to see all of the incredible work that they do for the kids in our community. And maybe if you know a kid or you have a child who would like to be part of Boys and Girls Clubs of Broward County, for just $15 a year, they can take advantage of all of the benefits, including that free hot meal every single day. And also visit fpl.com. Take a look at all of their hurricane advice, which we're going to talk to you again about in a couple of weeks and the ways that they have for you to save money and help the environment and be aware of what we can do in our community and for our planet. Thank you. So excited to speak about this donation. This is a day to celebrate and reflect, and what a better way to do that than giving back to our community. I challenge everyone, do it. Amen. Juliet Rolak, Director of Corporate External Affairs for FPL. You are a wonder. Thank you so much. A couple of weeks ago, we spoke with the CEO of United Way Miami, Maria C. Alonso, and she was talking about the many ways that United Way has come together to respond to COVID-19 and the impact it's had in our community with Volunteer Miami, helping with food distribution, writing letters to heroes and older adults who are isolated during this time. They have a Let's Read Online initiative with online videos that children can access to continue improving literacy skills. And then financially, there's the Small Business Assistance Program. And what we spent a lot of time talking about was the Miami Pandemic Response Fund. Their goal was to raise as much money as possible to support people in the community. They have now reached the $3.5 million mark. And so far have helped more than 2,700 neighbors who have received emergency assistance, either with rent and mortgage payments, food, medication, the necessary things to keep on living. 
And a lot of times we hear about organizations raising money, but we don't always get to hear from the recipients. And I'm really excited that we have someone who is a recipient of support from United Way Miami and Mission United, who is not only a veteran, and you know we support our veterans here at Easy 93.1, but also, this being Father's Day, he is a new dad. Congratulations and welcome Kyle Cromwell. We're so happy to talk to you today. Yes, thank you. I'm excited to be a new dad. Yeah, I bet you are. What was it, just uh, a month? You're just a month old, your baby. Yep, he was born on the, uh, May 21st this year. With a child, were there concerns about COVID with your wife being pregnant? Did you have additional anxiety? Um, me personally, no. I'm, I'm one to think that if you can take care of yourself in terms of hygiene and follow the guidelines presented by our leadership, Within the, the local community, the state, and the, and the federal, you should be fine. Um, my wife, on the other hand, she was a bit more nervous about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I've calmed her down a little bit with that. Now that the beaches have opened around here, that we, we go out every once in a while, and I think she's calmed down a little bit. But overall, I think COVID in general is, is something everyone should be worried about. But Yeah, we're very glad that you were able to have a healthy, bouncy baby boy named Oliver, and this is your first Father's Day celebration. Do you have anything special planned? I do not, no. Um, with everything closed down and stuff like that, we might do a little grilling if we can, but other than that, it's kind of a stay at home and watch some TV kind of thing. Okay, but with an extra little uh, package there <laughs> to watch yeah. with. <laughs> yeah, he's a bundle. He keeps us awake a lot. So, so tell me, how did you come to be in Miami and needing support from United Way? So I'm originally from Kansas. joined the Air Force at the age of 22. And then I moved to Colorado for full-time active duty. And then I honorably discharged from the Air Force. And my wife took a job down in Miami Beach on the mall. Lincoln Road, 17th Lincoln Street? Road, right. Okay. Yep. And yeah, that's how we got down here. And then how I met United Way was through a co-worker here at a nonprofit down in downtown Miami. Her husband works for United Way. And then uh, the struggle obviously happened here recently with COVID and then everything else. So we kind of reached out when my wife got four-loaded and that's where we're at now. Yeah, it's been so difficult for so many people with jobs being either cut to part-time or Companies closing completely. Now, you're still working part-time, right? That is correct. I'm a part-time IT guy down in the uh, nonprofit where I met Tomas's wife. Tomas is the individual that I have worked with. But, you know, part-time work to uh, take care of having recently moved to a new city and having a new child doesn't quite cover the bills, does it? Nope. And uh, I'm also a full-time student, so my time trying to do a lot of things at once is very limited. But but you're a veteran. You should be able to do everything. <laughs> <laughs> you would think. Yeah, no. I mean, if there's anything we understand, it's that even just the transition from being full-time as a military person to living in our crazy civilian world on its own is a challenge. And you've only been out of the force for a year now, how has um, the Miami Pandemic Fund, in what area were they able to help you financially? So, so Miami United Way has been imperative to our uh, recent situations. We went through most of our, our savings when we moved down here and then most of our savings when COVID hit. So Mission United has helped us with food when we needed a little assistance with getting food to the table for ourselves. That was before Oliver was born. And then 
when my my wife got four load, uh, we had some issues where paychecks weren't matching up with the rent. So they they helped us with a thousand dollars towards rent for the month of May. So that helped us tremendously in terms of not having to go out in the streets and sleep in our cars. Uh, yeah. Have you been able to take advantage of any of the other services Mission United provides, like education benefits, health benefits? ultimately helping you find a full-time job. So Tomas has set me up with uh, multiple avenues that I can take. Right now, I'm not in a situation where I can take all of them, but he's provided them. I was a full-time student before I had met Tomas in Mission United, so I already figured out my VA benefits in terms of education, but he put me in contact with individuals in the local area that work with veterans for housing, not only for renting, but for the uh, VA loan process for home house buying. And then in terms of healthcare, I my part-time job fortunately gives me full-time benefits. So I have full-time coverage in the terms of uh, healthcare. So I have a feeling there are a lot of people listening right now who want your job. <laughs> yeah. like, it's, I'm contracted out, so it's, it's a full-time job, but I'm contracted to a part-time company. So. Got it. Okay. And have you been in touch with any of the other veterans who also seek support from Mission United or just participate in helping their fellow brothers? Uh, yeah, so at Miami-Dade, I recently joined a scuba club. And it's mostly veterans. They can't be only veterans, but it's basically a veterans program. And we talk about everything veterans. Um, it's basically a brotherhood. Uh, I've mentioned Mission United to them in, in situations where they've asked about, are there any financial places out there that will help during these times, stuff like that. So I've, I've definitely put the name out there for other veterans to seek help if they need it. Um, I know that's one thing veterans struggle with is asking for help. Yeah. And another thing is they struggle to get information. The military in general, they give you a bit of the information, but they don't give you everything. So there's a lot more out there that people don't, that are not aware of. Right. Well, that's one of the reasons that we support Mission United to such a great degree. And you're kind of a poster boy for them at this point. <laughs> and, and, and I appreciate you being so candid about how important it is to have the support on this end when you return from service and the fact that there have been occasions where, like you say, you're not accustomed to asking for help. You're the one that people come to for help. So to be able to stand up here and say, yeah, we needed help, we took it, and, and we're grateful for it, I applaud your courage for that, and I applaud you for spreading the word about Mission United. Thank you for doing that. Yes, ma'am. Well, listen, I really thank you for your time. If anyone is interested in contacting Mission United, you can go to missionunitedmiami.org or call 305-4-UNITED. If you need support with anything from the Pandemic Response Fund, just visit unitedwaymiami.org. And I salute you, Kyle, an Air Force veteran, new to Miami with a brand new baby. Congratulations on everything you've done. And thank you so much for your time and your contributions. Thank you, Ellen. I appreciate it. Joining us now on Easy's Community Focus, I am so happy to welcome from the Miami Cancer Institute, part of Baptist Health System, breast oncologist Dr. Lauren Carcass. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. You've been a supporter of the Women's Breast and Heart Initiative for as long as I can remember, as have we. And this Tuesday is their sixth annual National Pink Day for Summer Breast Cancer Awareness. You, of course, being a breast oncologist on site at the Miami Cancer Institute, can explain once again why early detection, why getting the screenings is so important for survival. 
So you're right. I have been a champion of the Women's Breast and Heart Initiative for quite some time. And their outreach and their impact is so important because the undertone of what they do is to discuss the importance of early diagnosis. An early diagnosis of breast cancer is very important. Not only is it important for prognosis, but it also impacts treatment. The earlier a tumor is found, the less likely it is to require chemotherapy or to require a mastectomy and potentially maybe not even require radiation therapy. So we know that the earlier your diagnosis occurs, the less likely you are to need more aggressive therapies down the road. Additionally, the earlier your disease is found, the less likely it is to recur somewhere else in the body over time. And then what about survival rates? Obviously, that would make a difference. Absolutely. That's exactly what I'm saying, that it's less likely to occur in other places in the body. Once breast cancer comes back in other places in the body, we typically consider it to no longer be curative. Mm-hmm. So survival rates absolutely increase with earlier diagnosis. So we know how important it is to get the screenings. We also know that because of COVID-19, where the Women's Breast and Heart Initiative normally goes door to door, particularly in underserved neighborhoods, and they bring the mobiles into the neighborhood to do the screenings. They haven't been able to, so people have to come to you now, and they will still arrange free or low-cost screenings for people. But have you seen a change in the number of screenings people are requesting because of the pandemic? Absolutely. I think that there is obviously a lot of fear around the pandemic. We don't know how it's going to impact in the very long term, but what we do know, and I have seen even in my clinic, is that volumes have decreased. Patients are more reluctant to go out for their routine breast imaging, even if it's time for their annual screen, so they're foregoing that imaging. And what that's translating to is a later stage at diagnosis, Mm. and I think that we really need to step back and say, I'll take my precautions, that we need to just understand that the machines are well cleaned, the staff is well trained, they stay away as much as possible to allow for that distance, but also masks can be helpful in this scenario. And, you know, I guess when we think of it in terms of essential services, which have always been okay, even at the worst part of the pandemic, and when we knew the least, it was always okay to go and get your food and get your cleaning supplies and your toilet paper. So it seems that something that affects your life is also an essential service. Indeed, it is. And I think that we need to really just refocus on the importance of the screening because this is an essential service. We know, no doubt, that women need to get their annual mammograms, even if they're not part of a free outreach. If you're due for your annual mammogram, you need to make sure that you get that scheduled and get that done because we know, and it is proven data, that mammograms save lives. So making sure that you get that screening done and without skipping it, despite all of the fear that is out regarding the pandemic, which is no doubt fearful and fear-inducing, you just take your precautions and know that you're doing this for your long-term health. Now, what can you say about someone who actually needs treatment? There are so many people who I hear say, I'm going nowhere near a hospital. You know, they are afraid that an entire hospital is going to be a contagion area. And certainly we have heard the stories about the areas where the COVID-19 patients are, how contagious it is, and how many precautions the healthcare workers have to take to keep themselves safe. But certainly there are other areas of a hospital where you don't bring COVID-19 patients. 
Absolutely. So COVID-19 patients are very well sequestered in certain areas of all of the local hospitals and of all hospitals nationally and internationally because we know that it is a contagious virus. As such, patients should take comfort in the fact of knowing that the physicians and the healthcare providers know how to keep the ill away from the healthy. And if you are sick or you need care, you should absolutely not be fearful of going to the hospital. In patients who actually have COVID symptoms and they're reporting to a hospital, patients are still triaged in tents and distributed accordingly. They don't make it into the same triage areas as patients who do not display any COVID symptoms. With regard to breast cancer treatment, I'm still treating my patients with chemotherapy. Cancer, unfortunately, does not recognize that there is a pandemic going on. So we have to trudge through, and obviously there are potentially increased risks associated with decreasing immune systems, but we know that the long-term gains still outweigh those risks. Now, at Miami Cancer Institute, if someone says, okay, I'm convinced, I know I need to get my screening, I'm going to put my fear aside, I'm going to call, who do I call? How do I schedule an appointment and where do I go to get that screening? You can call 786-596-2000 to get your screening scheduled and that should be able to get you set up for a mammogram and if you need an ultrasound or a bone density, all of that can go ahead and be scheduled. They will check your temperature as you arrive. You will be given a mask to be worn throughout the time of your screening and you should just know that all precautions are being taken very seriously. We have a strict no visitor policy within the Cancer Institute just to protect our patients that might have compromised immune systems. That is wonderful to hear. And on Tuesday, we're asking everyone to put on something pink or be near something pink, take a selfie, and post it to social media with the hashtags WBHI Pink Day, the WBHI for the Women's Breast and Heart Initiative, at Easy 93.1. Can we add a tag for Miami Cancer Institute and Baptist Health? Absolutely. You can either use hashtag BHSF, Baptist Health South Florida, or hashtag Miami Cancer Institute. Okay. We want to see those pictures. And I want to remind people, if you go to our website, easy93.com, you will find the link to all the information about the pink page, or you can go to our Facebook events listing. There are some extra bonuses that are available for our pink people. Misha's Cupcakes is doing special breast cancer awareness cupcakes, and all of the proceeds from those will go to benefit the Women's Breast and Heart Initiative so they can keep offering free and low-cost mammograms. And there are some select Starbucks locations that are offering for the first 25 people at each location who show up wearing pink. Uh, you get a little pink kit with a whole bunch of pink goodies in them. So do that and make your appointment for your screening. And what's the website for Miami Cancer Institute and Baptist Health? It will be baptisthealth.net, and then there will be links where you can click on to the Miami Cancer Institute from there. Okay. And again, that all-important phone number to schedule your own screening, 786-596-2000. As we keep saying, breast cancer doesn't care what month it is. It doesn't care what else is going on in the world. It can happen to anyone at any time. So please, early detection, the key to survival. Schedule your mammogram. We love you at Miami Cancer Institute and Baptist Health System. And thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and your wisdom and your caring. Breast oncologist at Miami Cancer Institute, Dr. Lauren Carcass, thank you. 
Thank you. And thank you for listening to EZ's Community Focus, where we look at the issues that matter in South Florida and the people and organizations that are making a difference. I'm Ellen Jaffe. If you have questions about today's show or would like to suggest a topic, you can email me at ellen at easy93.com. Join us again next Sunday at 6.50 for an all-new edition of EZ's Community Focus. Have a great day. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.